Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So what are you telling me, Doc? All I have to do is to descend this staircase and the charges will be dropped? I'll be a free man again? I asked in a storm of questions. Dr. Zielinski just nodded, with the guard standing idly by his side. To be honest, I hadn't even heard about the SCP Foundation until they showed up at the prison. I wasn't even sure where they'd taken me. I'd been transported in a windowless van with a bag over my head for all of 12 hours. During all that time, the doctor was the only one of the numerous members that had ever spoken a word to me. While the situation creeped me out, the deal was simply too good to pass on. Descend the staircase, find the bottom, and come back up, he'd said matter-of-factly. The place looked like some kind of college campus, and the staircase in question was hidden behind a set of electronically locked doors. They hadn't exactly allowed me time to ask many questions. Whatever work I had to do down there, it beat life in prison. So, how deep does it go? I asked. The most recent subject managed to descend 469 flights. Approximately 1.8 kilometers, Zelensky said. You kidding me, Doc? How the hell is that possible? We don't know. But not to worry. You've been given enough supplies for two days down there. In your kit, you have a flashlight that should last a week before needing to be recharged. We'll be watching you through that camera, and we'll keep in touch via radio, he explained as he pointed to my bag. I turned to look at the still-locked door. A few days in the darkness in exchange for freedom wasn't all that bad of a deal but the implications of the journey was enough to put the fear of God back in me. Something about the place, the empty hallways, and the weird smell in the air just felt wrong. All right, let's do it, I guess. Without further ado, they opened the doors. In front of me lay a pitch black room barely touched by the headlamp I wore, obscuring a set of stairs going downwards. Good luck, Subject D-9923, Zielinski said as they closed the door behind me. I have a name, you know, I shot back, but they were already gone. I started my descent, counting the steps and trying to calculate how long it would take me to go down almost 500 flights of stairs. Within 13 steps between each landing, it didn't exactly take long. I counted each landing as I turned to continue down. Seven, eight, nine. The light I held barely illuminated more than a few steps ahead, which seemed so odd considering how powerful the thing was supposed to be. It felt as if the darkness swallowed the light before it could touch anything physical, causing it to just hang limply in the air. As I reached the 20th landing, I paused to catch my breath. I'd always considered myself to be in decent shape, but the atmosphere underground negated any effort I'd put into my own health. Then the radio scurried to life, and I could hear Zielinski's voice on the other end. Why did you stop? He asked. I just needed a breather. There's something about the air. It's heavy, I said as I took another deep breath. And it kind of smells rotten, like a mixture of piss, blood, and mold. You know anything about... I stopped dead in my tracks as I heard another sound coming from a few flights of stairs below. It sounded like something sobbing, a child. 
Though I couldn't tell whether it was a girl or young boy, it definitely sounded upset. Hello? I called out into the darkness. Do you hear something? Zielinski asked over the radio. Yeah, there's a kid down there asking for help, I said. Hey, kid, you hear me? Keep going down, Zielinski ordered, not even phased by the sound. Aren't you going to send someone down to help? I asked. Just keep moving. So I descended another few flights of stairs. All the while, the crying remained the same, as if the kid was going down at the same pace as myself. I started rushing down, trying to catch up with the crying, but no matter how fast or slow I moved, the distance between myself and the child never changed. By the time I stopped for another break, I'd lost track of how far down I'd gone. Doc, I can't catch up with the kid. What the hell is going on down here? Just keep moving. Let us know if you notice any changes. If not for the promise of freedom, I would have turned around then and there. But I was a stubborn man, and while I knew the eventual ascent would be a pain in the ass, I couldn't stop. With the dream of fresh air and sunlight on my skin, I kept going down. About an hour passed, and the crying hadn't changed in intensity. It just kept repeating the same calls for help. I'd already gotten accustomed to them, to the point where they didn't even bother me anymore. I reached the nth landing, turning around for another flight of stairs, when I stopped dead in my tracks. Just a few feet in front of me stood a strange, pale creature. Its face had no nostrils, no mouth, and the eyes were just white balls sunken into its skull. I stumbled back onto the landing above, getting ready to run, but by the time I regained my senses, it was already gone. What was that thing? I screamed into the radio. That was SCP-087-1. Keep moving. You've almost reached the 400th flight. I'm not going anywhere until I know where that thing went. And what it is? I demanded. We don't know. He responded. I turned around to ascend, but I knew aborting the mission would warrant a lifetime in prison. D-9923, what are you doing? Zelensky asked through the radio. If you want to gain your freedom, you need to keep moving down. Is that thing dangerous? I asked. Not if you stay calm and make sure it doesn't get too close. That doesn't exactly reassure me, I said. Every subject has encountered SCP-087-1. Those that stayed calm all made it back in one piece. And the others? We never regained contact with subject D-9884, the most recent subject. So I stay focused and I stay alive, is that it? I asked. Yes. With that, I took another deep breath and continued walking down. After the encounter with the pale creature, the crying had subsided, but the bizarre smell had just gotten more intense. How far down am I? I asked. You've just reached the 547th flight, Zielinski said. How am I supposed to get back up? Getting down here was one thing, but... You can rest once you reach the bottom. You have enough supplies. I continued down a few more flights before I noticed a strange patch on one of the landings. I bent down to get a better view, just gently prodding the patch. It was kind of dry, but clearly organic in nature. I picked it up when it finally hit me that I was holding on to old human skin. Oh my God, I found something. I said as I held the piece of skin up to the camera. A few feet away, I noticed something else on the ground, a camera identical to the one I was holding. That belonged to subject D9884, Zielinski said. That's his skin too, I guess. Her skin, Zielinski corrected. That was the final straw. I stood up and turned around, ready to go back to prison. The high risk of death wasn't worth further descent. The staircase clearly had no end. I wasn't sure what the foundation expected me to find down there, but before I could call to abort, the sound of someone crying returned. That time it wasn't a child, but a grown woman, and she was close. Accompanying the sobs, I could hear footsteps not walking in any particular direction. Do you hear that? She's close, I called out. Hello, miss? I went to the next set of descending stairs, but my light couldn't even reach the next landing. I carefully approached, trying to keep quiet. I went down three flights before I found a woman standing in a corner with her face against the wall. 
She was emaciated beyond anything I thought could have been compatible with life. Pieces of her arms and legs were missing, with large areas of exposed raw flesh. Hey, what happened to you? I asked as I approached her, but she ignored me. She just kept crying. She was wearing what looked like a uniform, clearly belonging to the SCP Foundation. I quickly put the pieces together and realized she must have been the missing subject. Was that why they'd sent me down there? Ignore her. Keep going down, Zelensky said on the other end. Are you kidding me? She needs help. I'm bringing her back up. She's already dead. She's been down there for seven years. Seven years? I asked to confirm. She went down in 2014. We lost contact with her, and she just never returned. Logically, she couldn't possibly be alive, yet she was clearly not dead. Though she was unresponsive to my questions, she was breathing, even crying. Don't do the so Zelensky said as the connection was lost. I didn't get that. What did you say? No response. I turned to the woman, gently touching her shoulder. Her skin was wet and sticky. In shock, I retracted my hand, only to realize it was stuck to her body. I pulled away, and her skin just came right off. She didn't even seem to care, but the muscle and bone beneath was revealed in the absence of her skin. Shit, fuck, are you okay? But she just ignored me. I couldn't touch her again in fear that I might hurt her more, so I took a moment to look around for anything she might have dropped. Apart from some half-rotten chunks of flesh, there was nothing there. He's coming, she suddenly whispered. What was that? I asked. He's coming. I turned around to see the same pale creature I'd encountered a couple of hundred flights above. This time it was moving closer. The woman continued to cry, but the creature didn't even seem to notice her. It was coming for me, and I had to run. With a heavy heart, I turned around and fled up the stairs. I only occasionally peeked behind me, but no matter how fast I moved, the creature was always right there. With the heavy air in my worn out body, I didn't even get 50 flights before I collapsed. I took another peek behind to see that the creature had stopped. It was just staring at me with unblinking eyes. Dr. Zelensky, are you there? I begged, no response. I just kept climbing, periodically looking behind to see the creature still there. I was slow, exhausted, and beaten, but I kept climbing. Hours passed, maybe even a day before I counted the 600th flight of stairs ascended. Still, I couldn't find the way out. I kept trying to regain contact, but I was lost in an infinite loop with no escape. I climbed a thousand flights, reaching levels far above the original entrance, but nothing changed. Two days passed, and I ran out of supplies. I knew it would only be a matter of time before I succumbed to my surroundings. The creature was still there, but it never attacked. It just waited for me to die from exhaustion. So I sat down and recorded one final message using the camera given to me by the Foundation. I've accepted that I'm never leaving this place. I want this to serve as a warning to anyone approached by the Foundation. Do not enter this place. I don't know where it leads, but wherever it goes, we weren't meant to find it. SCP-087's location is unknown. The doorway leading to SCP-087 is constructed of reinforced steel with an electro-release lock mechanism. It has been disguised to resemble a janitorial closet consistent with the design of the building. The lock mechanism on the doorknob will not release unless an unknown amount of volts are applied in conjunction with counterclockwise rotation of the key. The inside of the door is lined with six centimeters of industrial foam padding. Due to the results of the final exploration, no personnel are permitted access to SCP-087. SCP-087 is an unlit platform staircase. Stairs descend on a 38-degree angle for 13 steps before reaching a semicircular platform of approximately 3 meters in diameter. Descent direction rotates 180 degrees at each platform. The design of SCP-087 limits subjects to a visual range of approximately 1.5 flights. 
A light source is required for any subjects exploring SCP-087, as there are no lighting fixtures or windows present. Lighting sources better than 75 watts have shown to be ineffective, as SCP-087 seems to absorb excess light. Subjects report, and audio recordings confirm the distressed vocalizations from what is presumed to be a child. The source of the distress calls is estimated to be located approximately 200 meters below the initial platform. However, any attempts to descend the staircase have failed to bring subjects closer to the source. The depth of the descent calculated from Exploration 4, the longest exploration, is shown to be far beyond both the possible structure of both the building and geological surroundings. At this time, it is unknown if SCP-087 has an endpoint. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're listening on Spotify, don't forget to hit that follow button to get notified every time a new episode is released. Also, please take a second to leave a rating for the podcast. This is so important to help the podcast grow. Thank you.